we're finishing up our last part of our series called Crack the Code. Okay? And this is really important. It's really important because a lot of times what happens in Christianity is, you know, we have different seasons in our life, and um, we kind of go through the motions a little bit uh, in some of these these big seasons. And um, to God, seasons are really big. So we just come off Easter. See what I'm saying? We just come off Easter. It is the biggest moment in all of history. Jesus rose from the dead. So we ask the question right after that, what are we going to do with this Jesus? See, we can't just keep doing business as normal. You know what I'm saying? We can't just keep coming to church. We can't, you know what I'm saying? We can't, thank you so much. We can't just keep doing the same thing. And with God, he always wants to encourage. He wants to strengthen. He always wants to inspire. He wants to breathe on us because, for one, he just loves us as his kids. But God wants us right in the middle of everything he's doing. Amen. He wants us right in the middle of everything he's doing. And the biggest thing on his heart, the biggest thing on God's heart is family. The biggest thing on God's heart is the lost. Those who don't know him, those who have walked away from him, like what Pastor Nate talked about. But his mission, his purpose, his everything is this. It's Luke 19.10. He came to seek and save that which is lost. And Pastor Nate, when he talked last week, he brought this point out I thought was so key. He, he came to seek, not just save. All of us do this. Listen, guys, this is, I'm, I'm not trying to, to make us feel condemned. I want to, um, I definitely want to poke a little bit. I want to inspire. I want conviction to rise up. But God wants us to seek. God wants us to seek. He wants us to go after he wants us to put ourselves in a situation that feels so uncomfortable because that's what he was willing to do for all of us. Do you see what I'm saying? And he wants the uncomfortable to begin to feel comfortable. For real. So I get in a place where I'm really not as concerned with how you think about me. If I could just get there, if I could just die, die, die. I know I'm coming to encourage you. Paul says, die daily, okay? But no, seriously, Jesus came to make himself of no reputation. That's what he says. I came to make myself of no reputation. He was God, became a man, humbled himself to the point of death. There was nothing he was like, I'm concerned about how someone perceives me. And we have that same nature and character. And when we get around people, God wants to get inside of a place where no matter what he's doing, what he's saying, it becomes normal. Just normal. Just to be willing to share this beautiful man that loved me and died for me and share that with somebody else. Just watch how just their lives are transformed. This is the most important thing on God's heart. If you ask him that question, what is the most important thing on his heart? That's what he's going to tell you. The lost. The lost. And the lost can be someone who doesn't know Jesus, and the lost can be just one of his kids that's just lost. So we've been doing this series since week three, all right? And um, can I hold my phone, please? Man, I wear glasses. I can't see that sign up there. I got to see what time it is. Okay, I got glasses. I got my iPad. I'm, I'm like, man, I'm... I'm like, I'm good to go. <laughs> I got everything. <laughs> so 
So guys, a little bit of context. I was riding up to church a few weeks before Easter, and the Lord just dropped that word, and my heart cracked the code. I thought it was just a cool sermon series, but cracked the code actually came uh, from this concept of this guy in World War II named Alan Turing, who was a British mathematician who began to crack the code of the Germans. And, I mean, it got to the point where he was cracking 84,000 codes every month, which it became like two every minute, two every minute. So inside of a war, like Hitler with his generals would be having breakfast, and they said this, that they would be able to tell what he's telling his generals at breakfast, and they could communicate to the allies what he's telling his generals at breakfast. He was able to crack the code. Even when the Germans began to change and they was figuring out that the Allies knew how he was cracking the code, they changed it and he was still able to crack that code. And history says that he shortened the war by two to four years. Millions and millions of people's lives were saved, freed, all the things that happened because God gave someone wisdom to crack the code inside of a global war how much wisdom do you think God can download to his eternal bride to begin to crack the code for the most important thing? And that is a lost person, a person who has walked away from God, a family that is fractured, a marriage that's on the rocks, all those things. And God says, I can actually crack the code and I can give you that download just like that. Are you all with me? And just how they could do that in real time, where it was like multiple ones every minute, I really believe that that's the revelation. God wants us to walk in a place to where we can actually be inside of a space and God can show us the low-hanging fruit in the room. Interesting, huh? Like you can be sitting next to someone and someone's really like, they're contemplating taking their life. I had a very close friend take their life in Alabama an athlete, a star, someone who earned an MBA, very intelligent person, had everything going for him and was crying out, and he took his life. And it so broke me because he was reaching out to me and I was trying to connect with him. How many more people never reach out? And they're sitting next to us and God can sit there and give us insight into their heart and can prevent that. Amen? You guys good? So we've given you a couple tools and that was the goal of this series is to give you a couple tools because God actually has tools for us so that we can walk in a very practical way of cracking the code of those around us not just the people around us at work, but even inside of our homes, um, our families, our neighborhoods, our schools, all those things. And uh, we're going to wrap up tonight with a, a few more tools. So one of the tools I talked about was testimony. One of the other tools that I talked about was a word of knowledge. And I really want to challenge you guys to really use what you're hearing. I really do. I mean, I, listen, I've done this before. I've taken notes, went to church, and them notes sat in the back of my Bible, and I never went over them. All right, and I know we're, we're all guilty of that. All right, let this message not be that. Let this message be one where I, I not only go over it, but I, I plan to use it today. I plan to use it tomorrow to where it becomes something that's very cellular inside of my life where I'm not having to think about it. It's just always on me. Are y'all with me? So I'm in a coffee shop and I'm sitting there in the meeting 
and the Lord highlights this girl, and um, she's got a whole bunch of rings all in her face and stuff, and sometimes I think that we can see people, and we get intimidated just because they don't look like us, they don't dress like us, and we, uh, we stereotype people, right? Okay, y'all don't? All right, praise the Lord. All right, I'll just confess, you know, right? And I'm thinking this might be a hard nut to crack, all right? So I'm sitting there, and the Lord highlighted her. Actually, to be honest, I was in that coffee shop before, and the Lord highlighted her, and I didn't have the opportunity. I was looking for it. But this time, um, I'm sitting in there. So I went through the actual things that I shared with you guys. So sometimes, and when I talked about Word of Knowledge two weeks ago, I said, instead of us just doing a cold call and us just saying, walk into space and just ask God to give us a word, when God begins to highlight someone or we just pick somebody out and say, you know what, Lord, that person right there. And you ask God questions like, Lord, what are they passionate about? What is something maybe going on right now that's bothering them? And we ask God questions, immediately God will begin to answer you. I promise you, he will begin to answer you. And God did this with me. And I was like, what is she passionate about? And this is what he told me, dolls. D-O-L-L-S. That's not an easy word. You know, you know, the gifts of God are perfect, but we're not. You know what I'm saying? Like, we make mistakes. And I'm sitting there going, and I'm sitting in there, and I'm, I'm, I'm in a meeting, and I'm, so I'm like, I'm just going to share it with the person I'm in a meeting with. I'm like, man, I just got a word of knowledge of this girl over there. It's the word dolls. I mean, isn't that weird? And he was like, yep, that's weird. And I was like, so I just finished my meeting, all right? And I was like, I got to go for it this time. And he's like, what are you going to do? I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to go over there. I'm going to share this word somehow. So sometimes we're like hoping it won't work out, right? Like maybe they'll go in the back. I tried, Lord. So I'm leaving, and she's right in the front. So I'm like, hey, what's your name? She said, Paige. I said, hey, I'm Howard. I said, I was praying. I just, I, I, and I said this to the, to the person I was with afterwards. I was like, you know what? I, I wasn't going to try to actually like, you know, be pretty about this, I was just going to be plain because it was such a weird word. And, you know, I, I had him go with me too. go with me. So it's just, you know, it helped me a little bit. And I said, Hey, I was praying and I believe the Lord highlighted you. And I asked the Lord a question. Um, and this is the question I asked, um, what are you passionate about Paige? And, um, I feel like the Lord told me you're passionate about dolls. And, uh, she blinked like five times and told me that she wasn't. <laughs> That's when you run. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> but I knew something was wrong. I knew something was wrong. So I said, I, and I, I was keeping it real. I was like, you know what? I was like, sometimes we miss it. I was like, um, I just felt that that was something the Lord put on my heart for you. I apologize. I wasn't trying to be weird. Um, just thought that maybe uh, it would be a door and the Lord could minister to your heart. And she was like, well, my grandma was extremely passionate about dolls. So it's funny because God sometimes will give us something and straight on, it's not making any sense. And the person might try to move around it. And God begins to do something inside of that person's heart that we have no idea. Even listen to me, guys, even sometimes, even if you feel like you missed it, it's okay. Do you see what I'm saying? It's a big win with heaven. So she said my grandma was, and she said my grandma tried to pass on, like, all of these dolls to me and wanted me to do it. But um, she's like, uh, I, I really wasn't feeling it. And um, 
you know, I was, I, 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 I'm going to make this just short. So I knew that a door was cracked open. I knew that something was going on in her heart with her family. And I really felt um, that it was something more on the lines of legacy, something big that God wanted to actually pull her into, all right, as far as destiny. So I said, hey, can I pray for you? And just begin to pray over her life and really begin to actually just speak the promises of God over her life. I don't feel like it was a completely transparent moment from her side. Do you see what I'm saying? Because God gave me a very weird word, okay? And at first there was like a, a door, I mean a, a, a wall, but then as she opened up, I could just tell that there was some type of healing, something that was going on inside of her heart. She actually began to say that she belonged to a big church and she actually left and walked away and wanted to be a part of a, um, a different church and, and said a few other things. And I knew God was bringing healing inside of her life. And I'm sharing this with you because God wants us to put ourselves in a position to where we're okay if something don't make sense. If it don't make sense. At the end of the day, if that girl would have said that don't, I, I don't like really agree with what you're saying, et cetera, et cetera. It's okay. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? It's always a win when you step out in faith. You're always moving forward in a place, and God continues to build something inside of your heart. And you know what? Someone could be completely just uh, not honest, and God could still be doing some great work inside of their heart, even though you were just stepping out. Does that make sense? So God wants to actually breathe on you when it comes to these different tools. A word of knowledge simply means God gives you insight of something going on inside somebody's heart or their life, present tense or in the past, and it will completely, watch this, it will unlock heaven and bring healing and set them free inside of that moment. And that is available for all of us. One of the things I'm going to try to do real quickly as I talk about a couple of the other uh, tools is God wants us to demystify all right, a lot of the things that happens inside of the kingdom. You know, we, we, we sometimes we, we, we get like, we think things are harder than they are. Do you see what I'm saying? It's, it's not. All right. It's funny, even inside of every denomination, all right, you, you can take another denomination that says they don't believe that the gifts are spirit for today. I was like, but they'll say, well, God said. And I was like, well, that's, that's the gifts of the spirit. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? So we, 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 we just, we complicate the things of God. And what I'm trying to say is that God, God actually, it's not hard. It's not hard. And he wants us to come to that realization that it's not hard, but it does take intentionality. Yeah, it does. It takes for you to say, I'm, I'm going to step out. And when you do speak, I, I'm going to step out. Yeah. And it's okay to step out scared. It really, really is. It's okay to step out scared. And you know what? Man, listen, when God begins to crack these doors open and you begin to see him touch somebody's life, I promise you, there is not a greater joy. There is not a greater joy that you can have when you see. It's not about God using us, but when you see God touch somebody's life. I mean, most of y'all know my story about being in prison. I used to tell dudes all the time, the greatest day of your life is not when you get out of prison. They thought I was a nut. And I was in there a lot longer than them. And I was like, it's no, it's when you actually begin to see God touch people's lives through your life. And I really believe that. Like, there's not a new car. Pastor Nick talked about this. There's, it's not, it's not a, a new thing. Like, God's not, God has no problem with things, but nothing compares 
when you see someone's life touched, nothing. This should motivate us, not from an aspect of getting a notch on my belt, but just to see someone receive breakthrough. Someone's life actually transformed. Man, you get to be a part of that. It's incredible. Yeah. Amen? I really believe the moments that we're living in right now are so huge. I really do. I don't have time to, like, do a, a deep teaching on this. I talked about it in one of my Zooms that I did on Tuesday nights. I really believe on the aftermath of COVID. Um, there is such a grace on the church, such a grace on the church to seek and save that which is lost. I'm going to share it like this, just kind of in a thought and not teach on it. The early church stayed huddled together. Persecution came, they were dispersed, and they went into all the world and changed the world. It's not a matter of God allowing persecution. It's not a matter of God allowing COVID. That's not God's nature. Are y'all with me? But the church has been huddled for so long. The church has been so huddled, and, and basically everybody's together, and God needs us to understand we got to go out. We got to go out. 60% of Tampa is not looking for Jesus. 60%. New Tampa, 70%. Not looking for Jesus. That means seven out of ten people in every restaurant has no desire whatsoever to meet Jesus unless what Pastor Nate says they can truly see this man. If they can truly see him, and sometimes it's going to be a matter of just when God reveals the secrets of their heart, and they can see this man. But God wants us moving. Like, to be honest, guys, if this was church and this was it, Sunday come worship, hear a word, it would be stinking boring. But if it's Monday through Saturday and we get to go impact people's lives, that becomes completely different adventure, challenges, ups, downs, but that's the way we're supposed to live. Not huddled up and like, let's just, are y'all with me? Am I making anybody mad? I will before we get done. <laughs> In this hour, we need discernment, guys. Listen, we need discernment, okay? We need discernment so, so much. There's a gift of discernment. There's just... There's an anointing, there's an oil that God just wants to release in this hour when it comes to just discernment. Man, listen, I had a dude at my house yesterday working on a house. And I mean, we, we had to go. My wife left and I had to go. I was supposed to be at um, a party. And uh, I had to go. I was already running late. And they was fixing something in the house. So he, he goes over the, the invoice with me. No joke. And like, I'm out there, I'm barefooted. I'm out there, I was trying to get dressed. I'm out there in the street, barefooted. And I'm like, I go to walk away from the guy and I just felt just the slightest touch of the Lord. And I turned around and I said, Kyle, you know Jesus? Just like that. No sugar coating, no, Kyle, you know Jesus? That was his name. He said, I do, and he dropped his head. And we stood at the back of his truck and had an encounter with Jesus. I gave you my story in one minute, prayed with him, 
and showed him how before the end of the day, how he could lay his head on a pillow and encounter the Lord for himself. Saved, backslidden, walked away from Jesus, been in all kind of trouble and just needed somebody to redirect his life. We so need discernment. Let me tell you something. In the kingdom of God, you move at the speed of your obedience. If I need 4,000 confirmations, that's the speed I'm going to move at. Like on a camel. But just at the slightest touch or the whisper, I will keep moving. Smith Wigglesworth, a great English evangelist, raised a ton of people from the dead, impacted the world. Listen, this dude didn't even get filled with the Holy Spirit till he was in his 40s. They said, what is the secret to your success? He says, at the slightest whisper, I turn aside to see what he's saying. That's it. What is your secret? At the slightest whisper. Catherine Coleman, what is it about your ministry? Just the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's not hard, guys. It's really not. We, have, we, are, we are poised. We are poised to alter history. And it begins with the person next to you. Are you hearing me? It begins with the person sitting next to you in the booth next to you at the restaurant. I dare you to ask the Lord. Sometimes he might say, just be salt. I'm at the playground the other day. Muslim family. The woman's got the parka on. Dude's sitting there, they're playing with a, their, their baby girl. My girls are running around acting crazy because that's what mine do. And I'm standing there. <laughs> Just watching. It was all girls. They're watching. They had a one-and-a-half-old one little girl, and she just kept smiling at me and waving at me to the point that it got awkward, I think, for them. I was fine. I'm waving. And they're like, who's this dude with the tats that we don't know waving at my kid? And I'm just waving, and I'm just smiling. I'm telling them, I'm like, I got a new friend here. So I'm going through all those questions that I just talked about, and I felt like the Lord said, just be love. Just be love. What Pastor Nick talked about last week, just be, just be love. Just be love to him right now. You see what I'm saying? And sometimes that in itself will begin to actually destroy the darkness in somebody's life. All right? But we still have to ask the questions. We still have to lean in. All right? All right, I'm going to go fast. So I said discernment. So let's read the scripture, Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. This is the New King James Version. It's a little wordy. God says, uh, don't be a fool, but be wise. That's what God says. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. It says, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. God's telling us to understand what his will is, or God wants us to be discerning every single day to understand what the will of the Lord is for those around us. Okay. God's not going to tell you to do something that you can't do. Okay. So he's going to give you that insight. Um, I really believe this. I believe that there's going to be things that God just wants you to attack. There should just be stuff that annoys you. All right. You, you don't need discernment for this. You should just there, there should just be things right now in the world that annoys you. And even that annoy, annoying is to a degree is a discernment from heaven. 
It just bothers you. It's funny. I was meeting, not funny. I was meeting with a pastor last week, and I mean, they're on a different side of town, and every pastor that I meet always brings up human trafficking. Like, we're known for this in Tampa, and we're known for this in Tampa. Like, there should just be stuff that's around us that we're just like, you know, I'm fed up with this, Lord. You know, in, in, in a kingdom, a king doesn't, like, look around and say, well, who's going to handle this? A king don't do that. Or a queen don't look around and say, who's going to handle this? They just handle it. And I really feel like the Lord is actually looking for a group of people that will have that posture. I don't really need to hear the Lord say this. That just bothers the mess out of me. And I'm going to do something about it. In Acts 16, Paul's ministering and they got this little girl following him around. She's possessed by a devil. And it says after a couple of days, it says Paul turned around greatly annoyed. When I read that scripture, I always think about Pastor Nate. <laughs> now, he don't play with the devil. Neither should we. He's not annoyed at the girl. He's greatly annoyed. It's funny because the little girl's going around saying, these guys proclaim the way to the, to the Most High God. The, the, the Greek language actually doesn't say it that way. It doesn't say uh, they proclaim the way to the Most High God. It says they proclaim a way. Paul's like, man, <laughs> there's not a way. <laughs> there's one way. So we live in a world right now that that's all we hear, that there's many ways, right? Like, who's going to get annoyed by that? Who's going to stand up and do something about that? Do you hear what I'm saying? So Scripture says in James chapter 2, it says, faith without works is dead. So I really believe that God just wants us to step out, all right? Now, God also wants us to actually be led in some things, and he wants us to, you know, to hear. But I believe it's two things. He wants us, you know, just to recognize when there's an annoyance, which is a discernment. And he also just wants us to be led inside of situations with side of discernment so that God can move. Okay? So God needs us to step out. God needs us to exercise our faith. Amen? All right, two really quick. And... Um, I want to spend a little bit more time on discernment, but I'm going to get to these two gifts. So the first one is prophecy. And I talked about this a minute ago. You know, we need to demystify these terms because we hear the word prophecy and we think in terms of like, you know, I've never done that before. I can't do that. You can. Every single person in the kingdom. Scripture actually says this. Everybody can prophesy one by one. Yeah, everybody can prophesy one by one. So you're not like in an, in, in, in an elite club when you prophesy. It's funny, the Corinthian Christians, which this is written to, they were like the most craziest bunch, probably in all the Bible. Like they would come to the Lord's Supper and get drunk, and they had all types of issues, and they were the ones that was actually flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. So the gifts of the Spirit don't mean I'm spiritual. That, 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 that don't mean I'm spiritual. Really what means I'm spiritual is I walk by character. You see what I'm saying? A person that walks in love, a person that walks in forgiveness, that's true spiritual character. That's that means you're spiritual, all right? The gifts just flow. The gifts will flow, and it shows in Scripture, even when someone is acting crazy. And the reason why is because God cares about the person that the gift is being released for. And he's not really as concerned, all right, in that moment about some jaded character, even though he still wants them to grow up. Does that make sense? 
So prophecy is not hard. We got to demystify it. So I got a couple scriptures up here um, in different translations. And um, y'all can pop them up on the screen for me. I got 1 Corinthians 14, 3. It says, you can prophesy or whoever prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort. Now, that's my new King James. Um, that's kind of wordy. Uh, we got the NIV as well. And the NIV is, look, thank you right there. So look what it says right here, the NIV model. It says, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Is that how that reads? I thought it read different. It does. That's how it reads. So it, the simple gift of prophecy means that you strengthen someone. You encourage someone. You comfort somebody. So watch this now. You actually learn how to flow in a river, and I'm using a spiritual term here. You flow in a river of the prophetic as you just step out by faith and begin to encourage somebody. How many, know, how many of you know this? That you can actually begin to pull the gift towards you by you stepping out in faith and just beginning to encourage somebody. Like boldness is what attracts God. All right? A lot of times we're waiting on a word that we can just go prophesy. So you can speak to anybody's life and begin to encourage them. I like this right here. Prophecy, you begin to pull someone's future into the now. Like the dude the other day, he was outside of the fold, so to speak. He was still saved, but just encouraging him, it began to redirect his life and pull him back into, all right? Pull his future back into the present. Are y'all with me? So listen, let's just be really practical, okay? So when you go and you just want to step out, this is how I always do it. I'm either telling a testimony or I'm usually sharing encouragement, okay? And my encouragement lands on this right here. I will always talk to someone about God's got a plan for your life. Hey, listen, this is not a copy and paste, guys, so don't even get that out your mind, all right? Do you see what I'm saying? Sometimes we can think that's plastic or whatever, but you're stepping out and you begin to pull God toward you in that moment. You begin to pull the gift, even in a stronger measure, and then that's when God can begin to download things right there in the moment about what's going on inside of someone's life. Jeremiah 20 and 11 says that God knows the thoughts that he has for people. It says there's much as the sand. He knows the thoughts that he has, and it says his thoughts are to give them, um, how's it go? I'm just joking. <laughs> I know the thoughts that I have for you, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Meaning that God's got a plan for someone's life. <laughs> I looked at Nate and he's like, I don't know. <laughs> but I'm always using Jeremiah 20 and 11 because that's the way God thinks about every human on the planet. That God's got a plan for their life. That God's got these beautiful thoughts. That he thinks about them all the time. Like, we don't think of beautiful thoughts about everybody all the time. But God says, that's how I think about every human on the planet. Beautiful all the time. Amen? So scripture says the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts 2. And when the Holy Spirit was poured out, it says every single one of us can prophesy. Every son, every daughter, every men servant, every maidservant. And then it wraps up with this. It says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's showing you that the prophetic is for to seek and save that which is lost. Okay? Listen, let's, let's, let's not make this hard. You don't have to wait on a word from the Lord. 
You can just step out and begin to try to encourage someone as you're standing at Publix, waiting on your meat or something at the, at the line right there, and just look at this one next to you and start exercising this. I know. You're like, oh my gosh. I get butterflies, right? It's okay. But the door begins to crack open. The Lord will begin to fall on you. You'll begin to feel his presence. If you are, you can best believe they are. And then the Lord begins to actually open up details of their heart in a situation like that. Listen to me. Someone's history is redirected. Someone's history. Their family tree. Their immediate situation right now begins to change just because you chose. You chose to allow God to step inside their space. Listen, this, this is the most humbling thing in the world. God creates a universe. God creates a family. God turns the keys over to us. God can step in at any moment when he wants to, but God chooses to turn the keys over to us. And he says, I'm going to move through you. 90% of the way that God moves throughout the Bible is through you. 90%. So that means if we're not doing anything, nothing's happening. I'm going to say that again. If we're not doing anything, nothing's happening. Are y'all with me? God says, I'm not willing that none should perish. I'm not willing that none should perish. Do people perish? This is what breaks the heart of God more than anything else. Listen, guys, I don't want it to be heavy. I don't want it to be heavy. I want you to be excited. Seriously, I want you to be excited. I want God to give you crazy words. I want you to share. You know, share your testimonies with other people. Talk about it. You know, let this be a, a culture inside of your home. You know, and like throughout the day, hey, like this happened, this happened, and this happened, and you talk about it. Amen? You guys good? Appreciate you, man. <laughs> Get you on the front row. Help me out. <laughs> so I'm going to wrap up, but I, just, I still want to just give you the thoughts. I'm not going to break it down. One of the big things that God wants to do is I call it prophetic presence. And when I went through my first uh, seminary, um, Papa Hagen would just call it a God consciousness. So, like, listen, guys, one of the biggest tools that you can have in your tool belt is just to be conscious of God. I, the first time I did this, I read this book by a guy named Gordon Lindsay, and I was praying, and he just said, just acknowledge God's in the room. And I did this on my knees, and I, I like, felt like a hug. I felt God's presence literally just come around me, and it just took me on a journey to where I, I, I do this when I'm out in public. I'll just acknowledge that God is with me, and I can immediately begin to feel. I know he's with me. It says in the Scripture, right? I will never leave you nor forsake you, but I begin to feel. So now watch this. Now there's a heightened consciousness that I'm walking with God. And what it does is it immediately begins to build my faith. It immediately begins to build my expectation. I have a different conviction that's flowing now because I can feel the presence of God. And even as I'm moving about, it's like it's easier to feel the direction of God as I'm moving about. Does that make sense? And listen, this is something as simple as if you're going to go inside of a store or whatever, you just acknowledge, Lord, you're with me. Pause for a minute and you will feel his presence and watch as the faith of God begins to build inside of your heart. And then just look. 
And know this, Scripture says the mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. The mountains melt like wax. Like all of a sudden now, everywhere you go inside of that space, someone's life's being transformed even if you don't go talk to them. Even if you don't go talk to them. But you should. You should go talk to them. All right? And you can just pray this prayer. I release the presence of God over you. I release the presence of God over you right now. And there is no telling. Maybe only heaven will determine what happened in that person's life when you stand before the Lord. Is that good? All right, let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I can hear the love of God in, in this phrase right here. There's an approval of heaven upon your life. We're not trying to be approved. We're not trying to jump through hoops to make ourselves look a certain way before God to be approved. Um, God just wants you to know that he loves you. And there's nothing that we do for him or for the kingdom that makes him love you more. Okay, I don't want you to leave today thinking that there's things that you have to do to make God love you more. So God so loves you that he demonstrated this love to lay his life down for you. And it was completely apart from anything that we do. So just let that grow inside of your heart more and more. And that will be the actual energy. That will be the inspiration as you share with other people. That it's not based on our works. Okay? It's based on his works. It's based on his love for us and for people. And Father, I just thank you even now for that revelation just brewing, getting bigger and larger inside of all of our hearts, that you love us unconditionally, that there's nothing we can do. Pray, study, go to church, pay tithes, lead people to Jesus. None of those things make you love us more. None of those things. And we're so grateful for such a loving father. So grateful for such a loving father. And we just, we receive, Lord, that love right now. Just say that with me. I receive the love of the father. And I thank you, Lord, for the love of the father even now. Breaking, breaking fear, breaking timidity, breaking down. You know, this that's not me. I can't do stuff like that. Breaking all that off. Showing people, Lord, that they are just like you. They are beautiful. They are courageous. They are anointed. They are special. They are different. These are all the things that are present tense right now. This is who you are because of Jesus. You are special. You are anointed. You are powerful. You are different. And you are loved. Yes. You are loved. So even now, Lord, we thank you for this holy moment. A fresh baptism of love. A fresh baptism of love. The love of the Father. 
We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for your love. Thank you. I want you to take a moment on the inside and just ask your father this question. How do you see me? Ask your heavenly father, how do you see me? And watch what he says. Pastor Nady can play basketball. for what you're doing. Thank you for transforming. Thank you for healing. Thank you, Lord. Everything that doesn't line up with you, I thank you even now, Lord, for healing and transforming in Jesus' name. Every incorrect thought, every incorrect attitude, every incorrect mindset right now, I just thank you for breaking and healing, setting us free, seeing ourselves as the Father sees us. I thank you, Lord. The mountains melt like wax at your presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.